That's right, folks. You know this music. So welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons Classic, where improvisers who've never roleplayed before journey into a world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukake, your host. It's fight night in Neverwinter, and Butthole's father is forcing his son to kill his friends. Can our heroes survive being attacked by the strongest of their own number? Will Butthole fall under the righteous blades of his own friends? Will it just turn out that everyone dies? Find out next on Dum Dums and Dragons. So roll for initiative, please. Nine. Fourteen. It's a big old fifteen. Mm. Three. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Even as a mind-controlled monster, I'm still equally shit at surprising people. Oh, my God. It's good. I mean, we wouldn't want to give you an unfair advantage just because you're in a murderous <laughs> mind-controlled rage. So here's the thing. This is, for the very first time, I would say probably in this entire game, I actually don't know where this is going to go because any number of things could happen here. So safeties are off. Anything is possible. Be aware of that. Know your limits. Play within it. Unless you're mind controlled. Yeah, then exactly. Know, Unless know you the, have a narrative <laughs> out. To no, just be like, not my fault. No, know the limits. <laughs> know the limits your dad set for you. Yeah, <laughs> obey exactly. those limits. Okay, cool. So as I mentioned, we're in sort of a large ornate dining room. This would be very at home in a Downton Abbey or any of those sorts of things. Very well appointed. Large rectangular room. You can think about it in north, south, east, west terms. In the center of the room is the large table that you're all seated around. On the north wall, there's a giant fireplace. So we're going to refer to that wall as fireplace. To the west, we've got a bunch of bookshelves. To the east, we have paintings. So the classic fancy rich old person house where there's generations of history on this here wall. To the south is the double doors that you were led in through. In terms of where everyone is situated in the room, at the north end of the table, so the head of the table near the fireplace is Archibald. You've got war-sworn guards, two on library wall and two on paintings wall. To the south at door, we've got Juniper as potatoes sitting at the south sort of seat. Directly behind her is Polka. Butthole, you were pretty much at the door, and Quinny, you are between them. The other thing that I should mention is... You had a little bit of time to rest, not much. It was all pretty go, go, go. So I'm going to say we'll call it a dum dum short rest. So if you want to spend some hit die to gain back some health, you might need it. You can Go also on. recover anything that you would have from a short rest, but not from a long rest. And finally, because it's a brand new day and some hijinks are going down, uh, I'm going to give you each three points of stress. If we had any left over, those are gone. We're just all straight three. If you had any remaining, you can keep that. If you were at zero, you get three. Min three. Max, if you had more than three, but you're not adding to it. There you go. Love it. <laughs> Man, that was some shit initiative rolling from literally everyone. Thank God. All my enemies I'm sure he are... means NPCs and not us. He's I, not I being, do. He's I not do. starting yeah. off like, well, you guys really borked it already. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Here we go. Top of the round. As Butthole turns to attack, I'm going to give you a surprise round because I don't think anyone really saw this one, saw coming. This one coming. So I'm going to let you go first and then we'll drop into initiative order. Okay, this is a question that I wanted to ask because it gets into like the theology of the situation. Normally I use the powers of Moonhammer whenever I'm attacking, but I'm attacking people in a way that I clearly don't want to be doing. Is the goddess blessing my behavior with her powers or is it just lowly Bobbert kicking ass? If this was level one Butthole, then probably it would just be you. 
The problem is you've become so in tune to Moonhammer that drawing on it is like drawing on the force. I can't turn it off. Yeah, that's fine. Similarly, it's not as though Moonhammer was specifically blessing Fiddlesworth to like do bad things, but Fiddlesworth had a connection to the god and was able to draw. So this is a mixture of my power and her vague incompetence. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. All righty. Still fuck. (laughs) Fucking ass. All right. So if I'm attacking and I got to give it my all. We're just going for it. So we're going to come at Quinny. While I'm attacking, I'm just going to be saying quietly to him because I still have to do my full hardcore attacks. But uh, underneath my breath, I'm like, are you my friend, Quinny? (laughs) But I'm saying this is I'm like bludgeoning him. The first attack with Moonlight Bringer is 17 to hit. So this is weird because normally I'd look at my sheet, but instead I'm going to look at Tyler. Yeah, that hits. Yay! All right. So there's the first one. And because I'm trying to kill my best friend, who is also the weird object of my love slash secret <laughs> lust, I also have to use the power where an anus appears on the back of my hammer and I, I hit him again. That one would normally miss, but I'm playing to the ultimate of my ability. So my mouth opens. You hear the whole power of spooky hell comes out, but it's all farting because it's moon hammers. Hot, 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 hot. That's right. Yeah. And that makes that a 21 to hit. Yeah, that'll do. Can you roll the damage for the attack separately? Yes, I can. Thank you. And I will. So the first attack... The first attack is 17 damage. Okay, so I'll use uncanny dodge on that one. And Okay. And the second attack is... <laughs> Max on both 12. <laughs> well, that's fine. And if I'm really playing this in an earnest, my mind-controlled kind of way, I also Jesus summon Christ. my spiritual hammer. Yep, you sure do. Just like every combat. <laughs> I'm like, I can't lie. We know what I do. So I'm summoning a spiritual hammer of moon hammer at level four. <laughs> But I have a couple of friends in this room, and technically he said kill your friends rather than kill your friend. So I am sending this Thank hammer. You. Even though I'm being evil now, I'm trying to keep it classy. So rather than hitting Polka in the dick, I'm just going straight for the torso. I feel like he's got a nice thick center, which simultaneously means he can take hits there, but also I need to break it. <sighs> okay. It's kind of sad how much that means to me. It really, yeah, <laughs> that really makes me feel good. And that is a 27 to hit. Uh, yeah. And that is 12 damage from the spiritual hammer on Polka. Okay. So that's 21 damage total to me then. Oh, dear sweet Quiddy. Yep. I'm crying as I break one of the men I love. <laughs> All right. So that brings us to the top of the round. So first up, as you'll recall, there are four Warsworn in the room. All in vaguely gold dusty outfits. <laughs> so the first one up is one of the ones with a halberd. He sees Queenie dodge the strike, and you see him mutter some words, and he does like one of those classic mage with a staff things, spins the halberd around, and then Final Fantasy style throws his hand out, and a bolt comes flying at you, Queenie. Yikes. 22 to hit. Yep. And if that's magic, then you can have the damage, by the way. Awesome. Because you're within 10 feet of me. Okay. It is magic, so you can do that. So, Quinny, you're going to take four points of damage, and the next attack on you has advantage. Is that uh, halved already? I halved it for you. Okay, yeah. thank you. So, the bolt hits you, and suddenly you start to shimmer a bit, and the um, Warsworn with the Halberd nods to Butthole and says, Hit that one, sir. <laughs> so that brings us to Polka. Just got moon hammer hammered to the chest in kind of like a, a weirdly sweet way. Okay, I'm having mixed emotions about that. Uh, I guess the clear and present threat is got to be butthole. That's a brand new sentence. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like I have pretty clearly seen that it's the Archbishop Dukeness 
who has <laughs> taken control of him. So I kind of want to break that up. So I think what I'm going to have to do is launch myself off the table, whip out Bernice on my way down and use it hammer side down to see if I can knock that stupid hat off his stupid head. All right, cool. Can you roll me an athletics check for your mounting and leaping? Mounting and leaping is what I do. Ah, there's the one. That's <laughs> nice. I'm back oh. in the saddle. Oh, Welcome nice. home, yeah, Dave. It's, it's like a warm and awful blanket. So something happens in the world. I won't tell you what just yet. Cool. So you step forward as you go to like plant one of your, your nice giant hippo feet up on the table. The runner just slides under it and comically pulls a bunch of plates down. So I'm going to say you like bash your chin off it and fall down. I'm still going to give you an action, but you're prone. Well, in that case, I'm going to uh, use Bernie's crossbow style and see if I can shoot his archbishopness in the foot. Go ahead and roll. All right. I'm going to give you disadvantage because you're shooting through table legs and <laughs> yeah. chairs. And, and my own incompetence. Got to uh, Odysseus this. 21. Still good. All right. Nice. Get ready for a big six points of damage. Six points of damage, all right. In the large toe. Oh, <laughs> man, that's his favorite toe. No. Not as much as the hat. Like yeah. The hat would have been the real insult, but his eyes narrow, and he can't quite see you because he's at a bad angle since he's seated at the table and you're under it, but he just uh, growls, you disappoint me, gray water. And you can see him do that slow, spooky, big badass stands up thing. But yeah, you've definitely dealt him some damage. Quinny. Yikes. The Quinny story. Yeah. I think I'm going to do something with Frostbrand that I haven't had the opportunity to do yet, but I, it should be hopefully pretty helpful. So I'm going to withdraw Frostbrand, and upon drawing Frostbrand out, all flames go out. And so the room, having no windows, goes completely dark. Yep. I have Devil's Sight, thanks to the demon that made me his slave. Um, <laughs> Manny. <laughs> Those rare Manny payoffs. Yeah. So I can still see in the dark. And I think given my halfling stature, I'm just going to turn around and bolt all the way the length of the table mm -hmm. and try to stab Archibald. I'm not going to make you roll a check for that because I think with Polka awkwardly crouched at the end of the table, you can mm -hmm. just like use him as a giant ramp. He oh, can cool. do a dog's purpose, but with the hippo man. Yep. <laughs> a hippo's purpose. Sounds good to Listen, me. I'm just happy he's not dead. So this is all <laughs> yeah. a very temporary victory for me. In the air, I'm going to cast Hex on Archibald. Okay. What does Hex do? I place a curse on a creature that I can see within range until the spell ends. I deal an extra 1d6 necrotic damage. Whenever I hit it with an attack, I also choose one ability. When I cast this spell, the target has disadvantage on ability checks, but made with that ability. Cool. Basically. All right. Yeah. What skill are you going to pick? Wisdom. Wisdom. So I, um, I'm coming in. It's in the dark. Do I have advantage on him? I'll give you advantage because he is flat-footed. The combination of it suddenly going dark, him standing up and getting shot in the toe is not ideal okay. for combat readiness. <laughs> 23 to hit. It will not surprise you to know that that hits. <laughs> Fucking Archibald Tingler, eat this, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I like when Tyler and Quinny are saying the same thing. <laughs> I'm just making sure I'm rolling enough die. Oh, that's so many nice numbers. Okay. So 32 damage. Jesus. Yeah, that's pretty good. And I would like to lay a finger upon my uh, medallion of thought and try to probe his mind while I'm sinking my sword into his neck. Uh, <laughs> you just hear a scream of, ow! <laughs> yeah, you leap mightily through the air. He's definitely caught flat-footed. Also, I mean, you get the sense that this is a guy who doesn't get hit. 
Mm. So you manage to like plunge the dagger into his upper shoulder. Like, yeah, like into the collar. Yeah. Kind of. yeah, yeah. You're surprised by how much resistance you find. He looked like a beefy dude, but like he's a beefy fucking dude. Okay. But you can tell that you've wounded him badly. Cool. And uh, as you probe his thoughts, you hear Ow, obviously. Mostly it's just like aristocratic fury. This is just completely unheard of. Mm-hmm. Also, this was supposed to be sport uh, for <laughs> him. Like this was just going to be a fun thing. Yeah. But more alarmingly for you, you also hear a voice going, set me free. We can do this. And he's like, no, you know the deal. I have the option to probe deeper. You can roll a check for that? Sure. It's not me. It's actually a save on his part. Oh, okay, great. A uh, wisdom save. You don't be specific. <laughs> don't fucking save. Uh, how about that? This episode is sponsored by Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective mind. But now we sell t-shirts and hoodies and water bottles and a ton of amazing products, all because we use Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It is 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Honestly, we tried to do merchandise for years, either to make things that were high quality, to make things that we could ship easily, to make things shippable in multiple markets. We just could not find that answer until we found Shopify. Once we got set up with them, it has been a breeze. Money transfers, no problem. Payments converted, it makes it so easy. I don't have to do anything manual. None of our team does to be able to provide high, high quality merch. Shopify gave us the control to be able to make our business even more successful and it can do that for you because Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify, and yours should too. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums, D-U-M-B D-U-M-B-S now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's the way you get to hear this. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective minds. But now, we are selling some sick mugs. And it is so easy. All because we use Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. It'll help you turn browsers into buyers because it has the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, which means curious people are more likely to buy from you. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. One of the big problems Shopify solved for us was international shipping. Our shipping prices, if people were outside of the U.S., were through the roof. But the moment we switched over to Shopify, we were able to choose where our orders were being fulfilled from in different places, which meant shipping could be cheap for all of our fans everywhere around the globe. 
So if you were even thinking about opening a store, sign up now for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-S. If you open a store with Shopify, you're going to be hearing that sound a lot. Greetings, loyal citizen of the conglomerata. It is I, your beloved CEO, Grayson Typhus of Typhus Industries, and I am here today to dissuade you from joining a rebellious element that seems to be growing, the Dum Dums and Dice Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. These hilarious and heartwarming rebel elements are attempting to bring down our dystopian regime, and we simply cannot have that. I'm told that rebels are flocking to this Patreon and joining for as little as $1 a month. That gives them access to other Rebels in a Patreon-only Discord where they can discuss all the things that have happened in the shows. For $5, you can get an ad-free feed, but who would want that? After all, ads are the best part of the show. And at higher levels, you can even create an NPC of your very own and get your name in the closing credits, and that part I can get behind. After all, recognition is great. But you're not a rebel, are you? No, you would much rather be crushed under the boot of industry titans like myself, so carry on with your Patreon free life. Unless, of course, you want these wonderful stories to continue, in which case, me and my regulators will see you soon. Well, it's a good thing you got disadvantage because I rolled a 20, oh. but I also rolled a three <laughs> and it gets a minus one. So the round score of two. Yes, you can oh, probe oh, deeper. Perfect. All right. If I can control my search, I'd like to get more insight into this connection of his commands to butthole. It doesn't make a lot of sense to you. It, like linguistically, it makes sense. There's just a bunch of words like DNA coding that you just don't. Mm. don't grasp. But what you can get is he's so certain that this will work that there's no doubt in his mind. And perhaps most alarmingly to you, you realize that it isn't a spell. It's not like there's some magical thing occurring here, but he fully believes that butthole will follow his commands as much as you would believe the sun will come up tomorrow. Okay. Thank you. Cool. Good round. That brings us to the Warsworn with the boar spear. He'll yell, protect the bishop and slam his spear into the ground and cast thaumaturgy. So he's going to make flames burst up at either side of the room. So it's dim, but no longer pitch black. And then he is going to move to the edge of the table there. And uh, by there, do you mean close to the bishop? Yes, where they're yeah, fighting? Yeah, right. they're, they're closing in on, on Quinny as he's doing his, my mind to your mind, my thoughts to your thoughts. <laughs> also my knife to your neck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the that only mirror universe Spock uses that version, but I got to tell you, it's much more effective. Yeah, the mustache evil Spock. Yeah, yeah exactly. Episode, yeah. Yeah. Butthole, you are up. Two quick questions. How close are the Warsworn to the bishop? Like, would they be within 10 feet of him? The spearman is, yes. Spearman is. Okay. Yeah. What I'm going to do, seeing two friends attacking my dad, I want to uh, <laughs> summon from the bowels of both myself and hell. I just yell, hot snakes! And a butthole opens just beside my dad, under Quinny, uh, and it opens up in a 10-foot radius diameter circle, and then flaming snake trails appear uh, and soar upwards. They sound like poop, and it's hot, 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 and it's just, it's terrifying. And everyone within a 10-foot radius circle of that, including my dad and that Warsworn, are all burned. They have to pass a deck save. So that's Quinny, Archibald, and the Spearman. This would be DC 16 if it's based on this spell save. Oh, God damn, I got a 15. So there's 16 fire damage and 
15 radiant damage with half of that on a pass save. I'm going to use evasion. Oh, yeah, it is new round. You can. I know I'm fucked for the rest of the round, though, now. So you can see that the horn with the spear is kind of like stunt guy in a movie on fire, flailing, <laughs> like just feeling the burn, literally and figuratively. Archibald growls and he, he finishes standing up. You get the sense that both Queenie and Archibald managed to fight their way through. And then I will move towards Juniper and Polka. Okay, that brings us to Archibald. Archibald uh, stood up, the hot snakes are flying around him, and he just reaches behind him and pulls off his eternally bleeding blade, uh, oh. which is just like a big, hefty long sword, just from tip to hilt, constantly full red. Uh, oh, super unsanitary, man. I'm like, that's, <laughs> come on. Quinny, you're obviously right there. Just as he goes to take his swings, the last thought you get before it disconnects is, it was not supposed to be this way. So he swings the great sword at you twice. Uh-huh. So the first one is a 19 to hit. Yep. And the second one is Lucky Lucky Quinny, a crit fail. So I will... Thank God. Just hit Archibald. Just (laughs) knock his fucking head off. The first strike, Quinny, you will take... 18 points of damage. Oh. Super duper. The first one is just, you're right there, so he just bashes you with the blade. Yep. But in his eagerness to swing, the flaily spearman stumbles into the way of the blade. So the spearman is going to take... Nine points of damage, and as the blade hits him, you can see the blood starts running the opposite direction and kind of like runs up Archibald's arm, and you can see him get a little bit heartier as though he's uh, gained up some health. He didn't cut his own head off. Damn. Quinny is looking real bad after that hit. That brings us to that guy who came in with a sword in each hand, and he was real excited to use those swords, (laughs) and now he can. Seeing Polcock firing from across the room, I'm going to say it's probably closer to you. Rushing in to attack Polka because he can see you're the rangy guy. And prone and just not having a time. Exactly. So uh, he's going to take two swings. The first one is a paltry 11 to hit. No dice. Yeah, not as expected. Second one is a 20 to hit. Dice. Excellent. (laughs) So he will hit you for 16 points of damage. And that's pretty much it. You can see he's a little distracted. Like he keeps kind of looking over to Archibald because it's always tough not helping out the boss. But at the same time... Well, there's a giant hippo man with a crossbow that's also a war pick. Maybe deal with that shit. I don't know. Cool. So that's sword guy number one. Sword guy number two is going to rush you, Juniper. So taking two attacks. One is a natural 20. Uh, One is a 11. So you'll take 16 points of damage, but the other one fails to hit. Which brings us to Juniper. That's you. Seeing this weird blood magic shit that's going on with Archibald, I'm just going to try to cut that fucking hand off that's holding the sword. Okay. So I'm going to leap up onto the table and just do a good hack and slash, and I'll take two. I'll do two of those with my blade of walls, and I will add Divine Smite at level three to the first one. That sounds about right. So can you roll me an athletics check, please, to... uh, Sure. I'm going to give you advantage, because I think Polka can make a little lift. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's a nat 20 on the first one, so so I'll just take Rather than actually like (laughs) stepping up and running, Polka just puts his hand under the chair and just fastball specials you in the chair. Um, So you're now flying through the air, still with a chair strapped to your ass. But because you got a 20 on that, I'm going to give you advantage on your first attack because now you're you're as much a projectile as, as anything else. Okay, so 21 on the first one and 19 on the second. Yep. Those will both, both hit. hit. Okay. Amazing. Nice. So do your divine smite damage one first and then okay. uh, do the next one. 23 radiant damage and then seven regular damage. So that's the first hit. And the second hit is five. So given that your goal was to chop off his hand, I'm going to give you a devil's bargain. You can either deal that damage or you can chop off his hand. I am going to 
play it safe and deal the damage. Cool. Fuck. All right. I'm just so worried about Quinny. I know he's close and <laughs> this has turned out poorly in the so past. So he takes a massive amount of damage. Also, Juniper, given that I forgot about you this round, I've inserted you back into the order where your initiative would be. So you will <laughs> act at a different time. Thanks. You're just so surprised by so much shit going on. <laughs> All right. Top of the round, the halberd guy, he sees that Archibald is no bueno. So he is going to rush over and cast Cure Wounds. So Archibald gains some health. As he does so, he like runs up and like touches him and you can see Archibald get a bit better. And then Archibald spits at him. He's like, where were you a minute ago? So that's Halbrid Polka. All right. Well, I'd love to continue peppering Archibald with bolts, but now I have dual sword guy directly in my grill. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I need to do something about that. So I'm still not prone, but kind of like down a little yep, bit. Yep. So what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to swing Bernice up war pick side mm -hmm. uh, directly into sword guy's nuts. All right, go ahead. I get two attacks. <laughs> yes. So here you go. The first one is a solid 17. Yes, that will hit. Great. Nice. Barely, but yes. Then you're going to love this. Yeah, that's a nat 20. How did you know you were going to do that? <laughs> that's amazing. That's incredible. <laughs> we didn't even need to fix that with the magic of editing. It just happened. Oh, wow. There you go. Cool. All right, buddy. Well, that's some good shit. Yeah, all right. So for the first attack, which was regular style, that's 14 points of damage. And finally, for the double down, that is 15 points of damage. Nice. Nice, 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 nice. So, yeah, right in the nuts. <laughs> so having dealt pretty massive damage to uh, Swordsman, he's still up, but he looks considerably less hearty and hale than uh, he previously was, which brings us to Quinny. So, right. Quinny, you're currently standing on top of the table. Archibald has just taken a big heavy swing at you. Yeah. The halberd guy and the spear guy are now flanking Archibald. But Juniper is there giving me advantage, right, due to yep. my backstab ability. I am going to go in for another attack then before getting the fuck out of there. <laughs> <laughs> so... 23 to hit. Yep, that'll hit. We're going to lay a little wrathful smite on this one, folks. So I'm going to actually need an additional D6 <laughs> to the ones that I'm already rolling. Dear God. Yeah, if you're wondering where all the D6s in the world went, guys, they're in Tyler's <laughs> hands being rolled. the tinglers. <laughs> 28 damage. And the effect of wrathful smite is when it's a successful hit, you need to make a wisdom saving throw, sir, at disadvantage. <laughs> he fails. Yes. Okay. You are frightened of me. <laughs> and so <laughs> I think the picture here is I plunge Frostbrand into him once more and I get kind of real close to him. And in reality, it's like my own blood coming out of my mouth. But from what he sees, it's like Dr. Crane seeing Batman under the effects yeah, of like yeah, yeah. Scarecrow Serum. It's like it's bubbling black pitch and I look like a fucking demon in his face and I say leave this place shit I pull the sword out I disengage and <laughs> in a real anti-dramatic end I scramble under the table for, <laughs> for maximum coverage <laughs> I'm just I'm just seeing this through his eyes so I leave this place bye <laughs> just like skitter away and then I run away what a, yeah. what a wacky turn of events in Tingler Town he's looking pretty rough Juniper, this is normally where you would have gone. So now you can go here now. Yes. You know what? Fuck it. I've got my sword out. I'm ready to go. So I'm just pulling back with my hand again after that last hit and just trying to shove it right in his throat mm -hmm. just to get that voice box out. Maybe maybe he won't be able to control butthole anymore. Play it like a duck call. <laughs> You're cool now. <laughs> 
It's like the ocarina of time, but it's just a man's throat. Yeah, so I'm going to try to do like two strong, quick jabs right in the larynx. So it's like cool. a prison shiv kind yeah, of scenario. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. basically. First one is 18, and second is nat 20. Oh. Yep, that'll Juniper do. Is we'll fucking do. Okay. killing it. And by Why? it, I mean people's dads. <laughs> Why did Juniper ever cast Moonbeam? <laughs> I know. So that's nine damage for the first one, 16 for the second. 25 damage? Yeah. Okay, great. Just die, motherfucker. Fucker. So uh, literally, <laughs> says Commander Potato. <laughs> That's gone. Turns out war never changes. Um, all right, so <laughs> you throw two quick stabs to his throat, and his eyes go wide in shock, and it staggers against the table, and you can see him desperately trying to cough something out, and then finally you hear him just rasp, "Fine, I'm yours," and then he collapses off the side of the table. Brings us yes! to. <laughs> Brings us to the spear guy. Oh, man, he had one job today, and he did not do that job. So he drops to one knee next to Archibald's body and starts casting a fairly elaborate healing spell of some sort. So he's going to have to take a round to do that. So he's down on the ground. Butthole, you're up. I'm standing over Polka, essentially, where he is on the table. And I look at Polka, and I just say, (laughs) tell me that's Peterman. It's not Peter Baelish in disguise. (laughs) That Spearman is not Peter Baelish in disguise. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, With my spiritual hammer, I want to hit not Peter Baelish, because I've got to kill my friends. Uh, (laughs) That is an 18 to hit. To hit the Spearman? Yes. Uh, Yes, that'll hit. 17 damage to the Spearman. Mm -hmm. And then I am going to charge around the table yelling, Die, friend! And then I'm going to attack the shit out of that Spearman. So the first hit will be with Moonlight Bringer. 26 to hit. Yes, that'll hit. And then I am going to use the sweet, sweet power of Farting Moonhammer to hurl my chain shield forwards and then yank it back trying to hit with fart-powered T-Rex teeth. Jesus. That is a nat one. Mm. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> you managed to smack the spearman around, obviously, but the chain shield is going to hit Juniper. Boo! Uh, In my head, this still checks out, because I'm like, hit the friends. The first attack, which was the net 20. You did that just because I celebrated, didn't you, Tom? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I did it because you rolled a one. 15 damage okay. to the spearman, and then Juniper takes... She takes six damage, plus I was going to use the T-Rex teeth damage bonus on this, so I will anyways because I'm ethical. Even though I hate myself, that's eight damage to Juniper. Cool. I'm just yelling the word friend over and over again, just trying to kill everything. It's very forsaken of me because (laughs) I want to die and life seems to serve no purpose right now. Wicked. Which brings us to Archibald. You smack the spearman to one side. His body crumples under the myriad of hits. And you look down on the prone figure of your father, and you can see that he's struggling to breathe. Juniper's shredded his throat. But you can see that the blood on the blade is actually rolling off it and leaving the blade clean. And it seems to be sinking into his pores, coating him in in a weird, shimmering, undulating, bloody aura. And as it begins to cover him, his teeth begin to grow sharp. It's sort of like running up into his nose, into his mouth, into his eyes. And you can see his muscles start to spasm and shift, and you get the sense that he's becoming something else. So with a massive, horrible, screeching roar that we'll roll in a second, the figure springs up. Visually, it's Archibald plus Carnage equals what? Whoa. So he flips the entirety of the table. So Juniper, I need you to roll a dex. Okay. I rolled an 18. You manage to throw yourself off the table as it flips up. Quinny, you just revealed just like exposed. a bug under a rock. Um, <laughs> Polka, uh, can I, like I get you to roll me a um, dexterity save as well, please? Sure. Or a strength save if you just want to catch the table. Strength all day. 21. 
So table flips up. I think you just kind of shoulder it and roll it off. Now it's on brand. So we're going to say it's up against bookshelf wall now, and the swordsman manages to dodge as well. So as the altered Archibald stands, he lets out this horrifying screech. I need everyone to please roll me a wisdom save. Oh. 23. Nat 20. 18. Nat 1. Everyone else, you manage to muscle your way through it. However, Queenie, you're now frightened. Oh, a halfling feature is that I'm brave. I get advantage on saves against being frightened. Can I roll again? Yeah, totally. Awesome. Wow, oh, that's and really lucky. specific. Why did I sit with that one? I haven't been playing Quinny recently. That's why. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Eight. I am frightened. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think they even needed to put a rule name on that. <laughs> we have an almost dead halfling screaming under a table, and he's frightened now. <laughs> Symbiote, Archibald, what's of this horrible roar? And you can see Archibald's features through it, but they don't seem to be his so much anymore. But it locks eyes with you, Juniper, and you can feel its burning hatred as the one who felled its host. I do exactly what Laura just did, which is kind of this like awkward smile, like <laughs> maybe this will be okay. And it's also still potato face. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, great. That brings us to the swordsman. So the swordsman look at this thing, look at all of you, and you hear the swordsman just go, shit. And he turns and runs for the door. So Polka, you're going to get an attack of opportunity. You bet. I'm going to just continue the unending assault on his nuts. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. That is a 27. 27. Yes, that will hit his nuts. Great. From behind. It's like a yeah. low shot at Dan. It's, it's a war pick, so it's yeah. coming out of a whoop Exactly. That's 14 points of damage. Oh, Oof. God. Yeah. Just wailing on his gonads. That's seven per testicle. That's right. <laughs> so you bonk him in the nuts. It's not enough to drop him, but it does mean that his escape vector is a lot more hilarious. Like, you know, like Goofy stepping on something hot, like, and like his swords are clanking stupidly as he awkwardly runs the door. I will say that I'm going to give him half movement because of that. Okay. uh, Because I can't imagine he'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. This is good. I can run a marathon now. So that's the one swordsman. The other one is also running, but there's no one around to hit him anymore. So he makes it to the door. Which brings us to top of the round. So we've got Symbiote Archibald at the north end of the table. Table's gone. Butthole, you're up there with them. Spearman's dead. Halbert is still up. Juniper's there. Quinny is terrified in the middle of the room. Polka's still in the south of the room. To your surprise and amazement, sort of a shimmering gap in reality seems to appear. And can all of you roll me a perception check, please? Can I get a quick update on what frightened status fully includes? Yes. I know it, like you got to run Absolutely. away from the person. Uh, so frightened means you have disadvantage to all attack and defense rules while the source of fear is in sight. Okay. And you cannot willingly move closer to the source of fear. Okay, and so each time on your turn, you'll be able to roll to shake that off. So 16. 6. 14. 7. 7. So Quinny, you're looking away from the horrible carnage monster that's growing behind you. And you see kind of a shimmering portal seem to appear and just for a second you think you can see alan and it's as though she's like reaching out to you and then all of a sudden the portal snaps shut and a hand falls through holding a small metallic object and what seems to be a vial of some sort and there seems to be some parchment with it can i act on this not yet Uh, it's not your role yet polka you see it out of the corner of your eye but there's there's greater things to be worried about there's nuts to be picked (laughs) (laughs) so the halberd guy you can see he's starting to like move back from archibald but seeing juniper still standing and being an issue he's gonna slam his halberd on the ground and then slices even though he's not at range but a massive spiritual halberd appears around it and will slice at you so going for that is a 23 to hit yeah that hits so you're going to take eight points of damage. Okay. And then as his action, he is going to fire a guiding bolt at you. 
which is an eight to hit. No. So nice. the halberd slices you to the side, and then as you're recovering, you see him throw a blast, but like, this isn't Juniper's first rodeo. Yeah, no, no, no. So you duck out of the way of that, and it fires off into the distance, and he continues to kind of like awkwardly shuffle away from the monster, which brings us to Polka. All right. Uh, you got two guys running away from you and a giant horrible monster. So I guess the two guys shuffling away, as funny as it would be to continue to, to <laughs> harass poor Goofy and ruin his day, <laughs> I feel like now it's time to focus on the big bad. I guess at this point, I'm seeing that Butthole is not really an enemy right now because he's found some type of loophole in his training that allows him to beat up on the guards, I guess, question mark. Mm -hmm. I don't really understand how that's working right now, but I'm going to leave him alone. I'm going to focus on Carnage Monster, I think. Right. He's not in melee range for me. You can use your move action to get close enough, but no, he's currently he's not in melee range. Seeing as everyone else is kind of beaten the hell up, I think I need to get in there and engage physically. So I'm going to move in to melee style and I'm going to pick him in his monstrous nuts. Monster nuts. <laughs> because you're far away, I'm going to give you a charge on the way in. Right. So I'll let you roll with advantage on the first attack. So here we go. Mm. Stupendous. 21. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's a 19. You just charge in like you've got your war pick out. You rush him. You swing it for his nuts. But as you bring the pick in, tendrils of this sort of horrible blood smack it away, and you fail to hit with a 21. Ah, oh, nut tendrils. Hey, okay. like Quinny's got tendrils. the right idea by wanting to run away from that guy. <laughs> yeah, Quinny is cursed with intelligence. <laughs> it's his greatest burden. So with a look of shock on your giant hippo features, you're engaged with the monster. Yeah, that normally works. That brings us to Quinny. Clearly, this is some kind of demonic, unnatural thing that has happened to Archibald Tingler. And so I think that triggers in Quinny flashes of the one of many faces. Mm -hmm. It's like, he's here, he's in the room, how did he find me kind of thing. So he can't look at him. He has to turn away. And in turning away, he sees Alan's hand. He recognizes it as Alan, perhaps? Yeah, because you rolled high on your perception okay. for just a split second, because it literally is a full terror okay. in reality. And it's like you're just looking across a room into a different room. Okay. And that's like such a beacon of hope for Quinny to see Alan again, especially in this time of need. So he's like, Alan. And then her hand gets severed off. And he's like, ah! This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, our special guest, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra. And Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser. And our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Now playing from Voyage Media. A naked woman picked up the recently decapitated head of a goat that had been sitting in a large silver-colored bowl. She held the goat's head high above hers, its dull black eyes staring emptily as she threw her black hair and allowed the blood to trickle down the front of her body. When the lights go down, what stories really stick with you? Presenting Fever Dreams, an anthology of dark genre stories, horror, crime, sci-fi. My eyes settled on a crystal piece, the only thing hanging on any of the walls. 
a man's face set inside a raging sun. The eyes started to glow. Now playing from Voyage Media, in association with Seven Lamb Productions, creators of the hit audio drama Tower 4. A new descent into darkness in every episode. Season 1 of Fever Dreams, a pulp collection. Available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Podcasts.